What's going on, everyone? We are back. And like usual, there has been a lot of news going around in the sports world recently, and we are here to talk about it. But not just any sports news. It's March. So, Zach, you know what that means. Leprechauns. Well, yeah, but it's also March Madness. The NCAA tournament is starting tomorrow. Today is Thursday, the 18th, when we are filming this. And on this show, obviously, we like to predict. So we had to come on and talk about the tournament that is happening next week. So with that being said, I'm Adam Aven. I'm Zach Roisman. And this is a special March Madness edition of Make Your Point. So obviously, this is a really big deal to finally have the tournament back. And it's everyone's very excited. And the players are very excited. The teams are very excited. College is very excited. And uh, obviously, the tournament hasn't been here in two years. Last time we saw these teams play in this big tournament was 2019. Obviously, last year, it got canceled, you know, right when COVID hit uh, March 13th. You know, it was awful. And it, I know that definitely uh, hurt a lot of seniors, you know, uh, a lot of people entering the draft as well. So uh, that kind of affected, you know, their scouting or, you know, because you want to see the biggest players and people perform in the tournament. And you want to look for the biggest teams also. But for the first time in 45 years, Zach, Duke and Kentucky haven't made it's the same time both of them together have not made uh, the NCAA tournament. Uh, and this is a big deal for not only college, but for a lot of student athletes as well, who, you know, as kids, you grow up and you watch all these superstars at these colleges, you know, Kentucky, Duke, UNC, obviously UNC's in the tournament this year, but Duke and Kentucky are powerhouse schools where they get a lot of top five star recruits and they bring in a lot of talent and they bring a lot of revenue. And those are the national games that are on television those are the teams people want to watch you know obviously Mike Krzyzewski is there John Calipari is at Kentucky obviously Roy Williams is the head coach for UNC so they're they're big schools you know the blue schools they're very, uh, important for a lot of people how will them not being in the tournament this season affect not only this NCAA tournament but for future student athletes who might have looked up who might have looked at those teams and said I'm going there because I know those schools and now they're kind of looking at them they've they've diminished a little bit uh, for me, I don't think it's really any effect at all, um, maybe a, a tiny, tiny bit, but this is just picking two teams into the cross index of when they haven't been in together. And so they've both missed the tournament in the past, you know, in the, in the recent history, not obviously often, but it's happened. And so it's not, not every season is going to be the A game season. And it is just one season. I'm sure they'll be back next year, both of them. And I'm sure they'll be strong again next year. So I don't think it really matters. And for the teams that are in the tournament, Okay, doesn't matter. It's not like if they were in the tournament, but they're not having a good season, it doesn't matter. They wouldn't have been a real competitor anyway. So I don't think it really makes a difference to the teams in the tournament or going forward. Yeah, it's I agree. Cool I, I mean, it's Duke and Kentucky. They're going to be back eventually. Shiseski and Calipari, they know how to get recruits. You know, they, they know how to coach a team, obviously. They've won multiple championships themselves. Roy Williams for UNC. They haven't had the best year either, but they've started getting some wins late in the year. So that's why they're in the tournament as an eight seed, uh, I believe. But, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a shame for the sport that those two teams aren't in school. Obviously, you know, Duke and, and Kentucky, when you think of college basketball, but those are some of the two first teams that uh, come up right in your brain. But obviously, you know, them being a part of the SEC and the ACC uh, are not only two teams that are, in, are out of the tournament this year, but also two conferences that have kind of stepped away from the limelight this year. And usually those are kind of, those uh, conferences are at the forefront of college basketball every year. And the, th the teams you think of are in those conferences when you think March Madness college basketball. But obviously, because they're kind of gone this year, obviously, a couple other conferences needed to step up. And those being the Big Ten and the Big 12. And the Big Ten, I'm, I, I got to say, first off, they have nine schools in the tournament. That is insane. They got Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, 
uh, Ohio State, Purdue, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. That is absolutely insane. And the Big 12 isn't short of amazing either. They got Baylor. They got a bunch of other schools in their division too. Who I'm kind of blanking off the top of my head. But in within those two divisions, they have three number one seeds, a bunch of number two seeds, three, four seeds as well. Those, those conferences, Zach, are kind of stacked. But it, I want to take a look at the bracket here and I'll pull it up on the screen and, and you look at the whole bracket here and, and I'll, but I want to pinpoint the number one seed specifically. So those being Michigan, Illinois, Baylor and Gonzaga, who are in the WCC conference, an, an unknown conference. The only other team in the tournament from the conference is BYU, I believe. But let's take a look at these number one seeds real quick. So which number one seed do you think? Uh, has the easiest path to make the championship game because I know since there's so many big t- Big Ten and Big Twelve teams in the conference, all these powerhouse schools that have really stepped up this year, the co- the the regions in uh, the the brackets, uh, the four brackets are pretty loaded and can cause some trouble for these number one seeds if they get a, a two seed or someone in their conference that they faced earlier in the year who they might have lost to. Uh, so so what's your take on that and and what schools do you think can make it to the end? To me, I'm going to say that the easiest path has got to be Illinois. You know, I think that they are maybe the best team in this tournament. They've had an amazing season. I'm going to, you know, if I go through and I look at it, the teams that they're playing, I don't think will give them much trouble. They're playing Drexel, I know, in the first round. They'd be playing probably Loyola, Chicago, or Georgia Tech in the second round. Just going through, I don't see them really having an issue until maybe if they do get to the final four, I think that if they do, they do might be playing against Ohio state. And I think that would be their first hard game, but not having a really difficult game until the final four is a really big deal. And so I think that they have the easiest path and the other team that I'd say has a really easy path, but maybe just slightly less easy is Michigan. I think that they have a really easy shot too. I'm going to go a little opposite of you. And I'm just going to say Gonzaga, not for the reason that everyone thinks, not because they're, they're 26 and 0, but uh, I say that because, you know, uh, when you're 26 and 0, obviously, you know, you, you beat a lot of good teams uh, and people think just because they're in the WCC or whatever, uh, you know, they're in a division no one cares about, you know, they play schools that aren't ranked. Obviously there's only one other team from their, their conference in the tournament. They haven't had a hard schedule, but if you look at Gonzaga and you look at the teams that they've beaten this year, it's actually pretty insane. They beat Iowa by double digits. They beat Kansas by double digits, who's a three seed. Iowa's a two, by the way. Virginia's a four seed. They won by 23. BYU, who's the only other team from their conference in the tournament, they won. Uh, they beat them three times, and they also beat West Virginia, who's a three seed, I believe, as well, uh, and, and during the regular season. So they played some tough teams. And, and if you look right now, and I'm looking at my bracket right now, first round, we don't know who they're playing yet, uh, but we'll find out later today uh, in the, those, four, those first four playing games. In the second round, there i have them probably going to play missouri uh i i don't I, then the, I, I have them going all the way you know I, they're, they're a really good team and uh and you know the the most trouble i could possibly see them getting in is is you know in, in the maybe the elite eight if you play either kansas iowa uh, another top team there but they both they beat both iowa and kansas i think they're the easiest team uh, i i think they have the easiest path definitely to get to the finals there uh, but like I said, Gonzaga's just a great team, and there, there's nothing short of amazing. Uh, so obviously, we just looked at the number one seeds, guys. Um, but I want to move on a little bit here. So let's go, Zach, to um, to some specific matchups, some double digit matchups. Um, you know, the lower seeds that we think might be interesting games might be uh, pretty close. So first, let's take a look at the seven to ten seeds. So while we take a look at the seven to uh, the seven to ten seed games here, uh, I just want to point out that seven seeds have won ninety nine 
their win loss ratio to against 10 seeds is 99 to 65. So obviously seven, seven seeds kind of hold uh, the title here, but 99 to 65 compared to a one seed versus a 16 seed is pretty close. So obviously there's good chance. So let's look at it here. Uh, first, we got in the East region, we got UConn versus number 10, Maryland, number seven in the West, uh, Oregon versus 10 VCU in the Midwest, seven Clemson versus 10 Rutgers, South region, uh, seven Florida versus 10 Virginia Tech. So Zach, as we look at these seven to 10 matchups right here, what matchups do you, what upsets do you have by 10 seeds against seven seeds in your bracket that might shock some people? I mean, I will say with a seven and a 10, it's hard to even call it an upset. And I'd say it's definitely hard to call it a shocking upset because they're really not that far apart. You know, it's, it's really only one off from the eight and the nine. And so I actually only have one 10 seed winning. Um, but with that being said, I do think that most of the games will end up being inconsequential when you look at the next round that, if you know what, if I'm wrong, I think the team will lose the next round. I think that Maryland is going to beat UConn, and I'm fairly confident in that and in, in Maryland just in general. But I, I have Clemson winning. I have uh, Florida winning, although, you know, by a little bit of bias there. Um, you know, I, 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 I think they can win, though, but continue. I, right. I, I do just think they're a better team, but yeah, yeah, I am biased. And I think that Oregon will win. You know, I, I think that Maryland is the, the best shot, but most of those games are pretty, pretty toss up. No, I, no, I agree. Um, you know, this year specifically has kind of been tough for me in trying to figure out matchups because not only I've been paying close attention to the Gators, but I've paid attention to a lot more of the powerhouse schools this year, more than I usually ever watch college basketball. I don't know, maybe COVID and you're being home and you just turn on games whenever. Right. That's I, now I sports are, it's, yeah, it's easier, more I accessible. Haven't re- I haven't really paid attention to Maryland or UConn. So this is kind of tough. So I've been doing a little research, going through stats and whatnot, but uh, I agree with you. I, ha- I do have two upset. I, if you want to call it an upset, I have two 10 seeds beating seven seeds, though, that being Maryland and Rutgers. Rutgers is actually a very good basketball team. They haven't won many games, but they stayed close in many games. Right, um, I could see that one. That's probably my yeah. my other closest Clemson game. Being in the ACC, obviously UNC's in the in the ACC, uh, but Duke's out. You know, there's not too many. Georgia Tech won it, won the a- ACC championship, but it's not like they had any real competition. Um, so I, I don't know. I have Rutgers winning in that game. They're they're actually a good basketball team. Maryland, I just feel like oh, always every year we always see Maryland win a few games or something. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they're one of those teams that like they're a tournament team. You get in there and you win some games, but you know, either way you look at the seven to 10 seeds and the 2019 tourney, which was two years ago was the, uh, was the first time since 2010, that number 10 seeds won three out of the four matchups with number seven seeds in a single tournament. So obviously in recent history, very recent history, the 10 seeds have kind of gotten the win. So saying two or even one uh, 10, uh, 10 seed upset, isn't that big of a possibility. So let's move on. Let's go here to the six versus 11 seeds. Now let's look at the win loss ratio of six and 11 seeds. The six, six seeds have won 102 games as the 11 seeds have only won 58. So obviously that's a, a, a 50 game difference there all time. Uh, so a little bit different, but again, let's look at the matchups here. We got in the East region, number six, BYU versus Michigan state or UCLA. We don't know who's going to win that game yet, but that game is being played tonight. A lot of the points, uh, a, a lot of, a lot of the points go to Michigan state. Uh, they just won the big 10 championship going through uh, Michigan, going through um, Illinois uh, to win that. So obviously they kicked off some really high talent to win that. And Tom Izzo's team should be very proud of themselves. And I do think they're going to be UCLA and be in the tournament, but we'll get into that in a little bit. USC versus Wichita state or Drake. We don't know who's winning that game yet, but USC is a six seed and they've been pretty consistent this year. They're actually one of the tallest teams in the tournament, the highest dunking yeah. teams in the tournament. They got uh, Evan Mobley a center down there, a great defense. So um, 
USC is, is very strong. Uh, Midwest region, we got number six, San Diego State versus 11, Syracuse. And South region, we got number six, uh, Texas Tech versus 11, Utah State. Zach, what upset do you have in this bracket? Um, I actually only have one. And I, I, I would like to have more, but I, I can really only one I see is I see assuming Michigan State beats UCLA and I do think that they will. I see them beating BYU as well. I don't think BYU is really that strong of a team. I think they're in a, a mostly fairly easy conference, obviously, minus Gonzaga. Um, and so I, for me, that's the other one. And then, and then the, the other closest one, I would say is probably going to be San Diego State versus Syracuse. Syracuse is very efficient, but at the end of the day, San Diego State is a very, very strong defensive team. Yeah. And I don't think that Syracuse will be able to penetrate that. And then on top of that, San Diego State is really capable when it comes to scoring as well. And I just don't think that Syracuse will be able to fend it off. Um, I do want to call to attention the, the USC game. And I, I do think that they're going to win without much issue. Mm-hmm. That's a very strong team. And I think they were a little bit, I don't want to say screwed, but they were a little bit disadvantaged by, by their placement in the bracket that, you know, in the next game, they're most likely to have to play Kansas. That's a team that in another position could go very far, I think. And, and they, they kind of got a little bit disadvantaged. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, this is another, another thing I, I've kind of struggled with uh, trying to pick here. Um, obviously, you know, I said for the seven and 10 seeds that, you know, the meetings between them have kind of been, up and down in recent history you'll see some 10 seeds winning it's very much the same here uh with the 11 seeds as well uh 2019 tournament marked the first time since 2013 that number six seeds won at least three of the four meetings against 11 seeds in a single tournament so this is actually saying in very recent history uh obviously since 2013 um that 11 seeds have kind of been in control uh they've actually been uh beating a lot of six seeds there but uh, and and i do in my bracket as well i actually have like you said uh, i i do think michigan state is going to be the team in there and i do think they're going to beat byu i think they're a very complete team and i just think they they got the ball rolling late obviously a lot of teams dealt with covid and restrictions and traveling and stuff this year and we'll get into that in the show later but michigan state i do think they're a better team than byu byu is in an easy conference gonzaga whooped their butts and uh it, it, and obviously it wasn't much of a competition there but obviously they're a six seed because of their record they, they're 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 a known college and won some games uh but i do see michigan state beating them if ucla's in there that's something to talk about but it's going to be really difficult for everyone to go and change their brackets tonight um you know when they realize that you oh oh B, michigan they have michigan state going all the way to the final four and now we have to go back because B, it's ucla uh but i do have michigan state winning there usc i have winning six seeds so none upset there syracuse i do have beating san diego state and the only reason why is because they're actually a very talented team jim jim Beheim. um uh they can score the ball really well. Um, and, you know, San Diego State, they do hold their opponents low points, but Syracuse and and San Diego State both score around the same amount of points. And I just think that if they kind of get the ball rolling early, then I think they can hold on to the lead. They just have to make I sure not step up and turn over the ball. Syracuse is a good program and they've won games before. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a small run in this tournament as well. Um, so let's, uh, so now let's go to, the five versus 12 seeds and, and the five and 12 seeds we've seen in recent history too. Uh, a lot of people pick 12 seeds. I certainly pick 12 seeds and I do have some of my bracket yeah, too. I make sure to, I make a point of it. If I don't have enough 12 yeah. seeds winning, I go back and fix 12, it. I don't know. Something about the 12 seed, something about the 12 seed. It just, it's, it speaks to me, yeah, but uh, obviously the win loss yeah. ratio is, is pretty large as well. If you look at all time record, 107 wins for five seeds, only 53 for 12 seeds. Uh, so although it should be noted that in the last tournament, three out of the four 12 seeds did win in the first round. 
Yes. So obviously, again, very recent history, his, you know, things change, uh, other teams win. And uh, and like we said before, something about the 12 seeds just kind of speaks to me. Uh, but here, let's go right here. So we got the five versus 12 matchups up on the screen. East region, five Colorado versus number 12, Georgetown. West region, five Creighton versus 12, UC Santa Barbara. Midwest region, five Tennessee versus 12, Oregon State. And South region, five Villanova versus 12, Winthrop. So Zach, I'm going to go here first because I, I just want to make sure I explain myself real quick. I picked two games in uh, in the five and twelve matchups that I think will be upsets. That I think a lot of people will probably have picked the other two to be the upsets, uh, just by when you research or look at the team scoring or how many points they hold to the team. But for some reason, it, these two teams spoke to me. The first one being Georgetown. Georgetown led by Patrick Ewing. Obviously, they just smacked the uh, everything out of out of Creighton. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In the Big East Championship. Uh, Patrick Ewing became the first person ever to win the Big East Championship as a player and a coach. Congratulations to him, and he did a very good job coaching his team. They dealt with some COVID stuff early in the year. They dealt with some injuries early in the year. They lost some games. They weren't ready, but as the season went on, they started winning some games, and winning the Big East Championship was very crucial for them, I think, and I think it gave them a lot of motivation and got the ball rolling. If you look at Colorado, they are actually not an amazing team. Uh, the conference that they're in uh, isn't too difficult. I think they're just a known college. They got some recognition. They've been good in recent years, but this year specifically, I don't think they can match up to Georgetown. Um, so that's I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I think Colorado lost to USC like three times and Colorado's ranked ahead of USC. Uh, so I, I do have Georgetown winning in that one. And the other one I have winning, which might be a surprise, but it, you know, it, it, I have UC. Center no, on. Colorado beat USC three Colorado times. beat USC three times, but I think that was their only win. Like their only like good wins. I don't think they had any other press stuff. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, 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 I couldn't yeah, tell you off the top. Of my I, head. I do think Georgetown uh, is going to win it down. But I, in the other game I have in the five versus 12, I have UC Santa Barbara beating Creighton. And the only reason that is because Creighton, if you look at them, if you look at Creighton, they're, they're a very good shooting team. But if you look at Creighton uh, as a three-point shooting team, the best in the Big East, you're wrong because the best Big East shooting three-point shooting team is actually Georgetown. Uh, so if Georgetown can shoot the ball like they've been and, and like they did against Creighton, basically, I, th- I, I can see them going pretty far. I do see them winning in this matchup. But like I said, Creighton isn't actually you know, they're at very average. If they go up against a team that can score a lot and, 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 you know, put some pressure, cause some turnovers, I don't see why they can't lose. Obviously their coach said some insensitive racial things earlier in the year, got suspended for a week or two. Uh, so that kind of caused some tension in the locker room. And that was right before the big East championship where they lost by 40 to Georgetown. Uh, so I think going into the NCAA tournament, it's kind of, you know, all, all, everything that I just explained is kind of a little bit detrimental detrimental to their chances. That's why I have UC Santa Barbara winning. UC Santa Barbara can actually score the ball, score the ball very well. Um, and if they can put up their shots and, you know, they have a couple good players on the team who average double digit points and, you know, they're going to have to come out and perform. And I, I genuinely think that they can be one of them. Um, another one I was tossing with, um, but I, I ended up keep sticking with the higher seed uh, low, or lower seed. I mean, uh, I, I kept Villanova, but I was leaning towards Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop actually puts up 80 plus points a game. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the tournament. Uh, they play, obviously they play in an easy conference. Villanova uh, has definitely had their struggles this year. Uh, very much so, but Winthrop has just been, you know, you know, I don't know. They haven't actually played a top 75 team, I think. So they have had no real competition. That's why they've been scoring out of their minds and playing against literally no defense. Uh, but if Villanova does get into some trouble and they let, went up score like they've been scoring and maybe they're like a Gonzaga team where they play in a crappy conference, but are actually really good because they can score and make a lot of plays. Then I don't know. It could definitely happen. I see that happening. 
but in my bracket, I, I stuck with Villanova. So I have two upsets in the five versus 12 matchup. What about you, Zach? I mean, mine's mostly pretty similar. Um, I have Creighton winning, actually. I, as much as I have very little confidence in Creighton, I have even less confidence in UC Santa Barbara. And I know that they're hot. They are hot. But at the end of the day, Creighton is just a program that is a stronger program for basketball than UC Santa Barbara is. And I think that experience playing against better teams is going to give them that win. And I will say whoever wins this game is going to then have a decent chance of, of making it pretty decent, a decently far run in. And so then my, my other wins, I, I agree with you that Georgetown's going to win. Colorado is while a very strong team. They're having a great season. I think that Georgetown is just really hot at the right time and they're going to pass Colorado. And I don't think it'll even be that close either. Uh, I actually have Villanova beating Winthrop. At the end of the day, same thing I said about Creighton. They're just a stronger franchise. I think that the coaching is going to make a really big difference and it's going to push them over. And then I do actually have Oregon State beating Tennessee. Tennessee is, again, having a great season. But this is one, and you keep saying, it spoke to me, it spoke to me. I think that the – I mean, as, as I'm sure you know, Tennessee has been very inconsistent this season, and I think that that could be a real problem going in. Of course, it could end up helping them that if they're on the better side of that, then it's great. But if not, that's terrible. You know, I'd say Oregon State, most notably, they upset Colorado, um, you know, in, in their championship. So I think that is that's a pretty big deal going into this and that that spurt, you know, of confidence maybe that you have. I think it helps a lot. And, and so I have them winning. No, yeah, you're definitely right. And um, uh, Georgetown, I do see them going pretty far. And, and I want to get into that right now, actually, because um, I, with the path that Georgetown has, um, and, you know, let's not just limit it to Georgetown. I want to talk about any double-digit team that you think might actually go pretty far. And obviously, we just went into specific. Uh, we just went into specifics here, but I'll let you go first. It's your very antsy over there. What, what, to, what, not to, what, whatever, how many teams uh, that, um, that are double-digit seeds. Let's say, obviously, uh, uh, 10 through 16, except I don't know how many 16 seeds you, you have going far, but no, uh, it's none. <laughs> how many, how many double-digit teams do you have uh, causing some upsets and shaking up the tournament a little bit? Um, I mean, I will say it, it's for the most part, once we get out of the first round, I, I really refrain from upsets, but there is a, a notable exception. I am very confident in Maryland this year. And if they disappoint me, I will be very disappointed. I have them going all the way to the elite eight where they will be knocked out by Maryland. But for me and my bracket, there's a couple notable upsets by them. You know, first they're going to, for me, they're going to beat, um, they're going to beat UConn, but then they're going to upset Alabama for me. And then and Alabama's a two seed. Then they're going to play three seed Texas, upset them and go all the way to the elite eight where they will eventually lose. That's my, uh, my big pick. There's a, a couple of others. I do see Ohio beating Virginia. Uh, although I do see them losing in, in the second round. Although I, I, I do think it's notable that depending on the result of the Creighton and Santa Barbara game, that could mean that Ohio has a chance yep. at, at making it even to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I'd say those are my two most notable uh, picks for for a double digit team for sure. Yeah, I want to bring something up here real quick. And you just brought up Ohio, and I love Ohio right now in this matchup. Uh, and the reason is is because of the the point guard that they have, Jason Preston. Uh, Jay Billis, uh, I believe, has referred to Jason Preston as you know the Lamelo Ball of the tournament, the star. He can do anything. You know, just he likes to he lights it up. Um, he, he does it all. He's, he's a triple double guy. Basically uh, he is 16, seven and seven. And, you know, he scores more uh, assists or rebounds or whatever game they're playing, but he, 
kind of made them relevant this year. Uh, he was uh, uh, unscouted, you know, going into college. Ohio got him and uh, walk on, and you know, he's done some unbelievable things. The most unbelievable thing they've done, they they have been in some tough games. They lost to Ohio, uh, Illinois by two points. Ohio lost uh, an un- yeah, that's unranked super school, super nothing. notable for me, and I didn't they mention lost that. Illinois, they lost to Illinois by two points, considering right. they also score eighty points a game. They hold their opponents to 73 points a game, which is a lot, but they score more. Uh, they're playing Virginia in the first one, obviously. Virginia's a four seed. Um, you know, they're 60. They score 60. They hold their opponents to 60, 60 points per game, uh, and they score a little close to 70 points per game. Um, the thing that stands out to me with Virginia, though, is they they lost to Gonzaga by 23. They lost to Florida State by 21. And, right. they, and they lost to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is who the Gators are playing. They... Uh, obviously they're rivals, uh, but the, the, you know, they beat Georgia tag they beat North Carolina Clemson, whatever, but the team, the good teams that they're playing lost and Georgia tech, North Carolina Clemson aren't teams that score a lot of points. They're good basketball right. teams, but they don't score a lot of points. Ohio, 80 points per game. If Jason Preston plays the way that he's supposed to play, I don't see why they can't beat them. And obviously, and, right. and also I by agree. the way, one more thing, they are dealing with some COVID stuff right now. They are not getting on the plane and flying to Indianapolis for the tournament until tomorrow when this tournament starts taking place. Luckily, they don't play their game until Saturday, so no replacement or anything has to go in for Virginia. But none of their players are getting out of quarantine until early tomorrow morning or late today when we're filming. And that is a disadvantage. You know, it is it's... an extreme cut. You're flying across. Uh, you're flying across the country, not across the country. Fatigue. You're, you're, fatigue. You're gonna land, and the next day you got jet lag. You wake up. You got to play against Jason Preston and this huge scoring offense. Try and keep up with them. I think there's a lot of disadvantages for this Virginia team right now. And just by looking at the stats too, a 13 seed has beaten a number four seed in 25 of 35 years. In the past two tourneys, five of the eight matchups were decided by single digits. So obviously that's very important right there. And if all these causes with Virginia are, are, are true and you know, they're going to be extremely fatigued and won't be able to keep up. I don't see why not. Ohio is the 13 seed that will win in this tournament this season. Obviously all these stats we're getting are from ESPN guys, shout out ESPN. Uh, but uh, you know, so, so that, that's, that, that is definitely a big upset. And I they really have, need our shout out. Yeah, they, I know definitely. But uh, the obvious, uh, I have them. I did, like I said, I had, I had UC Santa Barbara winning. So if Ohio wins, they play each other in the second round in the round of 32, I have Ohio winning that game and I have them going to the sweet 16 where they lose to Gonzaga. Uh, so yes. obviously I have them going a little bit far, farther than I probably most think most people uh, probably have, but I do see, I do see them winning some games led by Jason Preston. The other team I have winning, which I don't actually have winning that many games, but, but I do see a scenario as to where they can go pretty far. And I already mentioned them earlier and I, I stopped talking about them for a second is Georgetown. I do see Georgetown going pretty far. Um, in the first round, Georgetown has Colorado. I think they're winning that game. Second round, they play at Florida State. Georgetown, it, their stats are very similar. Okay, they they both score seventy points. They they both hold their opponents to seventy points a game, which means defensively they're both very there. And and offensively, Georgetown scores around seventy one, while Florida State scored seventy eight. But you know, Florida State they they beat Virginia, they beat North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Um, they've beat, they've had some, they've beat some, those, some teams, but Georgetown, they beat Creighton twice. They beat Villanova. Um, obviously they have, they've had some bad losses like UConn, Syracuse. Uh, so obviously, but like I said, I think Georgetown could just be on a real roll 
And, and in my bracket, you know, uh, you know, like you said, Zach, after the first round, I'm kind of skeptical about upsets unless I know a team for sure is like kind of misguided, like Michigan state, I think like an 11 seed who is clearly winning games and beating really high seeds where if they match up with those seeds again, could definitely beat them. But Georgetown isn't that team for me. I'm not extremely confident where I could see them or at least put them in my final four. I actually made another bracket with my prediction and sticking with my gut and having them go all the way. But in my main bracket, uh, you know, the one where I'm with all of our friends and everything, I have Georgetown going out of the round of 32 to, to FSU. Uh, but Georgetown, that is definitely a scenario that I see them being able to go pretty far. Right. And I will say I did, you reminded me, I forgot to mention this about Maryland is that one of the key uh, games that, that leads me to, and I know it's just one game. I know that then it was an upset. It would be an upset if it happened again, but it gives me a lot of confidence then is that they beat Illinois, who I personally see as the strongest team in the tournament, even though it was very close win and just a big upset. You could say it's a fluke. I think it's a sign. I'm not saying they're winning at all. I'm saying they're going, <laughs> they're going far. And if they lose in the first round, I'm going to throw something at the TV. <laughs> Now we want to move on to our predictions, Zach, of our final four and our winners. So first off, why don't you give me your final four and uh, and talk about, you know, why you got them in there? All right. Well, I'm actually I don't want to say pretty confident that that this is, is going to be the final four, but I have a good feeling about each of these teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Gonzaga, Michigan, Ohio State and Illinois. Now, Gonzaga obviously is extremely strong. I think that they're maybe the second best team in the tournament. They are fantastic. Obviously, 26-0. We You mentioned that earlier. I actually think that they're going to have a tougher game in the Elite Eight versus Kansas than they will against Michigan. Even though I know Michigan's good, we don't know if they're going to have that full roster yet. You know, Gonzaga is very strong, and I think they're going to be able to beat Michigan without too much difficulty there. Then I have Ohio State and Illinois. Ohio State is a really good team. And to get there, they'll have to beat Baylor, who's a one seed. And I think that they're the weakest one seed and it's not close. I think there's a significant drop between Baylor and the other three one seeds. And I think Ohio State is significantly better. But Illinois is my other uh, team in the final four. And as I mentioned, I think they're the single strongest team in this bracket, which then leads me to having Gonzaga and Illinois playing. And I have Illinois winning 67 to three. With that being said, I think that most of these are going to be pretty close. I see Gonzaga and Michigan being a game decided by less than 10 points. I see Ohio State and Illinois the same being decided by less than five, actually. And so I I think that it it is – I don't want to say a toss-up because, again, I am fairly confident, but I do think that it will be close, tough wins for these teams. I like your Final Four. Uh, I don't have anything to criticize about it. I know we're supposed to debate or Thank talk you. about stuff, but I don't, uh, it's fine. Uh, but what I will say is here, let me give my final four. Uh, so from the top, I got Gonzaga. Uh, I got Gonzaga. Um, then I got Alabama, which I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and well, I, I have I, them getting upset so far back that yeah. it's hard for me to even consider if they, if they don't get the, if they win the game that they're most likely going to win versus Maryland, then that changes my final four a bit. Well, so I got Gonzaga coming out of the East, out of the West. Sorry, I got uh, Alabama coming out of the East. I got Baylor coming out of the South. I got um, uh, Illinois coming out of the Midwest. Um, so Gonzaga, obviously. And here's where my superstitions come in a little bit. Um, 
the last time, obviously, Duke and Kentucky didn't make the uh, NCAA tournament was in 1976 when Indiana went 26-0 going into the March Madness tournament and won the whole thing, staying undefeated, winning 32-0. Gonzaga this year, it's 2021, 45 years later, Gonzaga's 26-0 going into the NCAA tournament. Duke and Kentucky are not in the tournament, which is the exact same what happened when Indiana won undefeated, went 32-0. I'm just very confident that no team will be able to to beat Gonzaga. That only just reassures myself that that is what is going to happen. So I'm very set on Gonzaga, but not just because of that. They're led by Corey Kispert, uh, who's who's a great basketball player. He he made the all called you know first team or whatever. Jalen Suggs, who's just unbelievable. He's gonna be a top 10 pick in the draft. He that point guard is just amazing. Um, and obviously they're 26 and 0. Um, you know, obviously they're they play in a in a bad conference, but like I said, they beat Iowa, they beat Kansas, they beat Virginia, they beat BYU three times and West Virginia. They got a series of strong wins right there. Uh, that just make me extremely confident that whatever team they face, they'll be able to match up very well against. Um, the other team I have is Alabama. I have Alabama beating uh, Michigan. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. I have Michigan losing in the in the Sweet 16. I originally, as of a couple hours ago, Zach, when I was started going through this and we started prepping for the show, I had Michigan in my Final Four. I had four one seeds in my Final Four. And then I started to really think about it because Isaiah Livers, their starting point guard, um, is out with a foot injury, a stress, something in their foot. Uh, he's their best player. He's a senior. You know, he averages about 13 points a game, I believe. Um, he's he's just unbelievable. Without him, obviously, I, I think they have this. They have this other kid with Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson. I think his name is. He's their uh, center, I believe, and and he's been uh, he's been really good. Uh, he's their best player, I think. But Isaiah Livers, without him, he's the scorer. And I I don't think without Isaiah Livers kind of managing that offense, I don't see them winning. Um, go, or going that far unless he comes back. But there, again, there's no way to predict. Once the tournament starts and we all submit our brackets, if he comes back halfway through, well, I think everyone's kind of screwed. But you got to go with right. your gut. So I have Florida State beating them in the Sweet 16 as much as I hate to say it. I think, that's, then, I think that's totally fair. And then I have Alabama beating Florida State and going to the Final Four. So Alabama's in there. But still, Alabama. Well, yeah, that, in that I, scenario, I agree with you. Yeah, Alabama. Exactly. Yeah, Alabama's an SEC team. They're known for football. Obviously, this year, they turned themselves into a basketball school. They're playing great well, basketball. They've been good at basketball in the past. They're, yeah, but they're, they, this year. They, this they, year, they're exceptional. Avery Johnson was their head coach, I believe. They fired him. They got a, They brought in a new guy, uh, some new recruits, too. They got a transfer from Georgetown. I forget his name, send it to JQ, whatever. That's his Instagram handle, I think. But he's a really, he's a really good point guard. But uh, but they're in there. Baylor, I have in there. Uh, the reason I have Baylor in there is because they actually beat Iowa, uh, Illinois earlier in the year. Uh, they're actually a very good team. Um, as much as I was tossing and turning about having Ohio State in there, which I do believe Ohio State can go in there. Um, they also beat Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin. They, uh, Ohio State beat some really good teams as well. Baylor also beat Illinois, Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Uh, another range of very good wins for them. Um, they hold their opponent. The thing that really struck me here uh, in the Elite Eight, Ohio State versus Baylor with that matchup, Baylor holds their opponents to 60 points a game, 66 points a game, and they score about 85 points a game. Ohio State holds their opponents to 70 and scores only 77. If Baylor plays the basketball that they've been playing and can keep those averages or score or, or hold their opponents to even less, they're going to win. And, and and I know there's some skepticism. I, I do think that if Isaiah Livers is there, I would say that Baylor is probably the worst one seed in my opinion. I just don't think they've, uh, I just don't think just by the eye test they've done enough, but I do have them going to the final four, but I have them being beaten by Illinois uh, and Illinois 
uh, I do think is a great team. They have Io DeSuma, who's obviously a great player. He's going to go very high in the draft as well. Um, he leads that team to every win. But he actually went out with an injury uh, earlier in the year with a nose injury or something. And they won like three out of their four games that he missed. Like they have an, a really great squad that they put together without it. When Io DeSuma is hurt, they have a really good, they have a really good team that can come together and pull up some wins for them. Hopefully he's not hurt. Hopefully he can play to his full stability. And I think if he does, I do think they're going to go very, very far. And that's why I want to move on to the championship game right here. And I think we have the same championship game, but with a different outcome. I have Gonzaga in the championship and Illinois in the championship, but I have Gonzaga winning with a tiebreaker being 78 to 73. They're both two good defensive teams, both two good. Oh, that's close to my score. I have two good offensive teams, but I have them in there with that score just because I think they can, it's going to be a battle. It's definitely going to be a battle, but I, I don't see any of, I don't see any other teams beating those two teams. I think I have what he did uh, with that team is insane. I think what Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs have done Gonzaga with Mark Fuser, head coach leading them to the 26 and 0 and coming to the NCAA tournament undefeated is absolutely un- 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 unbelievable. And that's why I have them in there. I do think they're going to make a real strong push uh, for the championship, both those two teams, but I ultimately have Gonzaga winning in the end. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I do. And there's a, there's a few points where, one game for me just changes, you know, so much that if Maryland, I hate to say if, if Maryland does not upset the two seeded Alabama, then a lot of parts of my bracket would change a lot. You know, I, I would then have Alabama going pretty far. So I, I would definitely yeah. say that that's, but that's an issue every year and everyone's got that same, that same disadvantage. For sure. Well, yeah. So you got Illinois. I got Gonzaga. We're all in a bracket with all of our friends. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I, I know the Adam will be in last place. I'm I will sure, be but... in last place, which is actually opposite day. So it's the first place. But it is um, not opposite. But, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of our friends have, you know, some other people winning. We have obviously two one seeds winning. Obviously, it's very rare for all one seeds to match up. The last time two one seeds played uh, a game against each other, I believe, was back in 2018. Um, so it's been a few years. Obviously, there wasn't a tournament last year, so let's say two years. Uh, but who knows? I, 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 it's a weird year. Uh, I think a lot of there, there might be some upsets. We already predicted some. There might be some just very straight winners all the way. The lower seed, meaning like the lower number, one, two, three, four, can go all the way, uh, which can definitely happen. And we are very excited to see what is going to start happening tomorrow and on throughout the next couple of weeks. I'm Adam Maven. That's Zach Warrisman. Follow us on all our social media to stay updated with all of our YouTube content and Instagram content. We will see you guys for our next episode. Apologies to our dear friend Shaquille O'Neal. Sorry we couldn't get you on the show this time, man, but we will try next week. Uh, Thank you guys for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. And remember the golden rule.